Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Strange Familiars. On tonight's show, we're going to be talking with Dale, who has some experiences to share with us. He's got a kind of a family flannel man experience and then a flannel man dream, a story about seeing goblins in the closet when he was young, and a pretty intense story of a shadow figure he saw later in life, waving its hands around and acting weird, and it, it might be tied into a ritual that he had done. Before we talk to Dale, I want to talk about our sponsor, 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. If you have a puppy and you're having problems with potty training, mouthing and biting, fear and nervousness, barking, if your puppy's chewing on furniture or shoes or other things it shouldn't be chewing on, crate training, hyperactivity issues, leash training, and more, 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you. They have a relationship-based approach that helps you and your puppy become perfect for each other with online sources like video lessons, a secret Facebook group, and of course they have one-on-one options available as well. You can find 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you understand how your dog thinks and apply proactive training methods so you and your puppy can become perfect for each other. Again, you can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. All right, let's go ahead and get to my talk with Dale. 
Tonight we're talking with Dale from Savannah, Georgia, who has a number of experiences to tell us about, including some some childhood experiences, something that would keep him up at night. I'm interested to hear about that. Flannel Man, which, of course, i got to collect them all, so definitely want that. And uh, some other things, including a shadow figure experience. How are you doing tonight, Dale? I'm good, Tim. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm excited to uh, be on stage for the years. I love your show. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks so much. Well, I guess let's start chronologically. Now, you said you're from Savannah. Do all these take place in uh, that no. area? Um, or, or... I, me and my wife moved to Savannah probably six, seven years ago. Okay. Um, and before that, I lived in Atlanta. And most of the stuff uh, that I was going to talk about was from my childhood and then and then Ford, and then some, some Flannel Man stuff, of course, which I know you love. And that kind of blew my mind that um, I heard Flannel Man through this show. So um, it kind of was shocking to me because I've never heard of it before. But except through, you know, stories my mom told me growing up uh, that she would always tell me. Well, let's step into these experiences you mentioned quickly, right. and I don't know the whole mm-hmm. story, that something kept you up when you were a child. Right. Yeah, so I, I was probably about seven years old, and uh, I guess my family moved into a, a newly built suburban neighborhood. I think our house was like the first fully constructed moving ready home, so it made me think of, you know, like the liminal thing that you guys speak on a lot. Sure. So, like, as a kid, I would get intense growing pains in my legs, and this was always followed by and nauseousness and sweating. But then, like, hallucinations, I guess, some of which I remember and some of which I can't remember. Um, I guess you could call them night terrors. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I guess the first, like, notable experience, though, that I can remember that I think is relevant for this show and the viewers is um, – I can remember being up all night, um, basically during one of these leg hurting episodes and, uh, all through the night, in my closet, uh, I saw like small red glowing eyes, uh, you know, from these little creatures that were making these hissing and grunting sounds. Right. It stands out to me because I, I kind of remember like making it a point. Like I know that I'm not dreaming because I haven't been able to fall asleep all night, you know, granted I'm young. So. Even so, even if it was a dream, maybe it wasn't. But I've heard others explain pretty similar creatures or entities. You know, they seem to be a lot like gremlins, maybe. But I, I think I was too young to really have seen gremlins, and I don't even know if that movie was out. Um, right. But a lot, kind of like gremlin creatures. So I just remember this. It's kind of being up all night and these things throwing, throwing out like toys and stuff out of my my closet or whatever. And then just waiting for the morning to come, like, under my sheets while this was going on all night. Then, like, in the morning, the light was coming up. Coming up, I was under my sheets. And before it all ended, uh, I vividly remember seeing a silhouette of one of these things, like, right above me. Seeing it through the sheets with, with the light from the morning behind it. Oh, wow. And it, yeah. And it was, it was freaky because the eyes were glowing red, shining kind of through the sheets. But then I could see the silhouette, which was, you know, like a long ears uh, kind of thing. So that was kind of one of the younger things I remember that uh, I just kind of thought was interesting or, or that I've always noted that yeah. I've heard other people speak on these little, you know, maybe goblins or something like that. You know, I don't know. Yeah, we definitely have had stories very similar to that. In the morning when you woke up, 
Were right. there toys on the floor or anything? I mean, I, I can't really remember that. Something I, I, I remember, you know. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of stories. I'm not going to speak on all of them tonight, but a, a lot of these things that happened to me when I was a kid, I feel like a lot of them are what I remember, but a lot of them are what I remember from trying to remember or like, you know, building up story, the story for so long. And then right. well, well, it changes, so I don't really remember exactly anything about you know the toys or, or stuff like that but I, I just remember making a note of it and always thinking so i have these stories you know as an adult about all these things that happened to me that you know i don't really ever live by or it doesn't keep me up at night but it's it's notable enough when you start getting into this stuff and talking to other people because you know it makes more sense or stuff matches and it's just kind of interesting i think yeah yeah and when you talk about memory and stuff you know Culturally, things like gremlins were so big that you wonder if retroactively right. it kind of colored your your memories in a sense, or if right if, exactly, or yeah. if maybe what you saw was close enough to that that when you saw that you finally had a name to put on it, and that again kind of colors it too, like you know, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's true too. I mean, I in my head now. I, see them as these little things very very literal looking goblin gremlin creatures but the only thing i really saw was that silhouette at the last moment and and when that happened in the morning uh that's when i feel like my day started and i feel like you know i got out of bed and my day started like as per normal or something and i was so young too like those memories i don't know you know i don't know exactly the where they fit you know or like if i even cared or what what I was thinking about. I just remember them. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So how many um, sets of these glowing eyes do you think you saw in the closet? I mean, that's another thing I would probably have to make up at this point. But I mean, it was definitely three or more. So three multiple. or more yeah. sets. Yeah. yeah. But there's another story kind of corresponding with that too, which I partially remember, but my parents will extrapolate on, you know, when, when I when asked about it, um, which is I can speak on that if you want. Yeah, sure. So basically, uh, like as a kid, I would get these fevers and they would keep me up all night. I remember having really bad leg pains and just being sweaty and nauseous and all, all this stuff. So there's a lot of things I can remember kind of partially that are half dream, half not dream. But they're the scariest thing. You know, they're, they're more scary than most of the adult things that I've seen probably at that time, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was basically, I remember being in the living room of the same house, you know, Around that same time, the, you know, the gremlins were around and uh, hallucinating so bad that the room was spinning around me and I was seeing, you know, like my furniture about the right side of my field of vision and like returning in the left side and just continuously doing that, uh, which I, I thought was really strange. And maybe, maybe that can happen when people hallucinate. I don't know, but it seems odd to me that the room is spinning around me like my literal head is spinning around. You know what I mean? So there, that happened, and I thought, you know, well, if I move my location maybe or change my perspective, maybe it'll stop. So my parents were around me taking my temperature and just asking me what's wrong. And I was like, take me in your bedroom, get me out of the living room. So they, they did that, and I feel like that worked, but that's kind of all I remember. But then, like when I ask about those times now, they say that when they took me into the bedroom, I, I began like slapping the bodies and hitting their bodies all over and crying hysterically and just being um like screaming like get them off of you get them off of you you know which you know 
reminds me of the little creatures or something, you know, right. uh, yeah. to that effect that was happening. So that always stood out to me, you know, like, it, was I being, was there something in that house, like, that I was seeing that my parents weren't, you know, or am I affected by something that other people aren't, you know, I've always kind of thought that uh, right. when I think about it. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. like I said, you know, it's, it's all childhood stuff, but it's, I think it's relevant. As far as the goblin creatures and, 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 and demonic things, or maybe not demonic, but, you know, this basically these little cockroaches in the paranormal world that are around, just like many other things might be around. So that's that. And, you know, there's a lot of other little things that I could speak on, which I wasn't going to because I don't know, I don't really know how much time we have. Well, we can just start, go ahead and continue on with yeah. the same time period roughly which is what we're here for which is the flannel man right yeah amen let's get to that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it was always just a story um that my mama told me and i don't know if i kind of uh, remember this uh totally or if i'm remembering things that from the story that she's told me through the years but basically it was around the same time and my mom it was in the morning again my mom was just laying with her eyes closed and she had, like, felt me playing with her hair, you know, something playing with her hair softly in the morning, like, trying to get her up. She just thought I would, had come downstairs, like, waking up or whatever. And my dad was at home. He was at work. So so soon then, I guess my mom uh, fully awoke. She's laying in bed watching TV. And then I come in. Like, uh, I come down, you know, come into the room like I had just gotten up. Mm-hmm. And she said that I came in, and I asked her point blankly, who was that man in the flannel shirt in here? So then she asked me, you know, were you, you were in here earlier playing with my hair, right? And, and I was like, something to the effect of no, but who was that man in the flannel or plaid shirt in here, you know? Ooh. That's always been kind of a, like a story we tell our family things if we're telling stuff like this. And uh, it was just crazy to me that all of a sudden, uh, through you guys, I started hearing people talk about Flannel Man, you know, like it was the new Bigfoot or something. And I'm like, mom, I'm like, I like, told my mom, I'm like, listen to this. Like, this is like the story you always tell about, you know, that uh, the Flannel Man, and, you know, these people are seeing it. So I'm highly interested in, in in that. And it's just so weird. I mean, it makes no sense, you know, yeah. to me. But, but I was thinking, you know, even before this, getting ready for this, I was like, you know, what if the flannel has something to do with pajamas or something, like flannel pajamas? I mean, I know that most people don't see flannel pajamas, but if somebody's dreaming out there and they're, they're, they're astrally, like, coming and doing things like people report they do in the flannel pajamas... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That might, be, I, that might be reaching. So you don't necessarily remember seeing this. It's your mom who remembers you telling her about it, this flannel man. Right. So so I do have a vision, uh, an image uh, of a man in a flannel, like a lighter flannel, like a lighter whitish red flannel shirt uh, with like light blue or gray pants, right? That's what I have in my head right now if I think about it. And the thing that's kind of specific about it more so is that I remember it being in the mirror of her adjoining bathroom mirror. Hmm. And that's when I think about it off the top of my head, that's what I think of, you know, like, oh, uh, you know, that's what I I saw. So, but yeah, like you said, I don't know if it's something that 
evolved over year over you know years or whatever of my mom telling the story or it's a real thing but it's kind of weird that she doesn't she doesn't remember anything about the mirror part you know mm-hmm. i have to remind her of that or, or say that but she never brings that part up right. so so that makes me think you know maybe 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 i did see something you know i mean i'm always thinking that when i was a kid i saw i had to see stuff or there was stuff around that you know but so yeah yeah so essentially i mean you're presumably uh maybe your right. mom was one of these people that actually has gotten touched by flannel man if, if yeah if, yeah if indeed yeah. that's what was messing with her hair yeah exactly i mean that's kind of creepy yeah and but i mean you know she had no she had no knowledge of anything flannel man as far as a brand thing you know or like a yeah so yeah. so it's when i told her she's like what you know, it's just another weird, too specific thing that's like, well, Flannel Man. But, you know, I mean, I've listened to other, there's a few episodes I don't think I've caught up with yet, uh, new Flannel Man episodes that I need to, but they they seem to differ, you know, I guess, the consensus, but. Yeah, I don't know if, like I said, that's, uh, you know, I say Flannel Man as if it's one entity, but it's not by description from what people describe. You know, it's it's very uh, broad group of people. Like generally, they look kind of lumberjacky, but it can be right everything from like a skinny guy with a light beard to a big, you know, burly guy with a big heavy beard to everything in between. Right. You know, yeah, so yeah, certainly not the same guy necessarily that people are seeing. It's the the flannel or the plaid or the checkered shirt that seems to be the thing that's in common. I think uh, the most compelling one I heard was a woman who claimed to see flannel man like she into touched her arm mm-hmm. and then she had kind of mark on her arm and she ran into a gas station oh yeah, yeah 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 i mean that i mean that was like the most awesome thing yeah i have another this is not a childhood one but this is another dream about flannel man yeah that i recently had remembered so this was i guess what i'll call like a big dream mm-hmm uh, it's, it was already uh, a very weird dream, and uh, I had already kind of, you know, put this this dream in my memory before anything Final Man I ever knew about. It was probably ten years ago again, you know, in Atlanta, uh, when a bunch of stuff like kind of synchronicity stuff was happening to me at this time, like more so than now. So a lot of the stuff that went on at that time, like I I, I made a point to remember. But mm-hmm. so in this dream. It's like I'm in outer space looking at like nebula and stars, et cetera, like all around. And I'm with these other people on some kind of clear, invisible, like glass-like platform, just like a square, like a big plane, like looking out in space. And me and these people are like participating in some sort of class or something, like something being taught to us, right? And none of these people I recognize or anything. But there's a teacher in the front and very specifically, I must remember this, what he looks like, you know. Um, I, I remember exactly what his face looked like for a while. I can't remember exactly his face now, but he, he was a man. And he had black, like black curly hair, and he was wearing a very blue and black flannel shirt. And it was like a, a very bright, like neon blue and mm-hmm. black. So it kind of had like an 80s vibe to me, like a, like a newer model or something, like 80s. <laughs> Vibe, you know, plaid flannel. Right. So he wore that, some black jeans, I think. Um, 
And I also remember, like, this wasn't Jeff Goldblum, but it was almost could have been like an, an 80s Jeff Goldblum kind of vibe he had. I don't know if that makes sense. But his whole archetype was like that, the way he looked. But so anyway, that I remember that, the flannel man, very specifically. Um, but the, weird, the coolest thing was he had a whiteboard behind him, and he was explaining, uh, you know, all these physics and stuff, you know, or, or the history of, like, the Earth. And I remember watching the Earth in, like, a formative stage, you know, where it was just, like, volcano and explosions. And this was going on for a while. But the coolest thing that he would do is, like, he would turn around and he would periodically, like, while he was lecturing, like, slam his fist on the whiteboard behind him. And as he did this in succession, like, long equations would be appearing on the board behind him. Like, like he was, you know, formulating equations by slamming his hand on the board. Oh, wow. Like, bam. He'd be like, bam. And then, like, an equa- part of the equation. And, like, bam. Part of the equation. Say something. And then, bam, bam. And, like, this is it. You know, or something. Wow. Uh, it's like, that's, that's weird, you know, and cool. The only other weird thing I think was I woke, I remember a very specific symbol that was drawn on the board and I woke up and drew it out and uh, I think I got on Reddit or something and was trying to ask some form like, who's seen this symbol, you know, because I was just trying to see if it, if it reminded anyone of anything. I don't think, I don't think it came out. It looked like a bunch of things because it was a circle uh, with, with just a line like below the halfway mark. Or something like that. Uh, like, not through the center horizontally, but below the center horizontally. And it was kind of all it was. But anyway, that was just something, a side thing I remember. But the main thing was, at the end, the takeaway from the dream was he he had had, like, point A and point B also uh, towards the end of the dream, uh, like, on the board. And he asked us, um, so how do you get to point A to point B? You know, so it's obviously, like, this is UFO travel, maybe, or something. Is what I'm thinking. Uh, so I raised my hand and I was like, um, by folding it, he said close, but the answer is by using a circle, you know, which I thought was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's all I remember. But huh. so you have a flannel man like teaching me how to cross the universe or something, and a group of people just reminds me of, you know, a UFO abduction scenario where there's people around you and, you know. Yeah. If not that, maybe a big dream. You know, like I said, a big dream. I think I've heard you guys say that. Sure, or or maybe you were uh, in training to be a flannel man. Maybe you were you were going to be issued a maybe a, I am a flannel yeah. shirt. Maybe I'm the, the next end. flannel man. Yeah. Maybe I'll just start being the flannel man. Exactly. That's what I should have done. I should have just acted like I was the flannel man. That <laughs> would So the symbol. It's, at what point did you see that in the dream? Um, that's something I have to speculate, but I mean, I, I just off the top of my head, like that was in the middle of the dream, you know, I, I definitely remember the end of the dream was me raising, like me raising my hand and answering his question in the beginning of the dream, more like watching this disruptive earth being mm-hmm. formed or something. And then him talking about all these physics and stuff with these symbols. And that was one of the symbols on the board. Okay. It was one of the you symbols know, on the board. Probably okay. around the same time the equate where he was banging the equations on this piece of technology, you know? Mm-hmm. So those are like some notable things that had happened that I remember that kind of relate to the final man. Yeah. Um, so it'd be like a circle with essentially like a, a minus sign in it, but towards the bottom of the circle. 
Yeah, I mean, to be more specific, it was something to do with like a circle. And then let's say you take like three-fourths and like you pour, you fill up like three-fourths of the bottom of the circle. Or, or no, I'm sorry, like um, like one-fourth maybe. Mm-hmm. And you draw a dotted line across that. And then in that line, like extended outside of the circle. But then also I think that there was some kind of spiral movement being this is where I kind of had trouble in the morning drawing it because I couldn't remember if I actually seen I had seen some kind of spiral inside the circle or if it was something that I kind of felt or knew was being taught or something you know mm-hmm. but it was kind of like a um, Fibonacci sequence thing type of type of spiral like coming out and where that line hit the circle and where that stuff hit the spiral uh, somehow had meaning or something. And, oh, that's, that's how I kind of remember it. Do you, yeah. Do you still have your, your initial drawing of it? I probably don't. I'd have to find it, and I probably could only find it if I somehow Google searched it and found the actual. Because I actually posted it, I think, on a Reddit forum. And mm-hmm. it was like, well, anybody, does this ring a bell? You know? And that's the only way, but I, I mean, I could probably draw it, you know, and yeah, see if, it if, if you want. If you can kind of sketch it to the best of your ability, I'd love to kind of see it. And, and you also just made me think, like, I've seen some things, like, I don't know if you've ever straight up seen, like, some kind of glyph, like, while you're you're almost asleep, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or when you're trying to lucid dream and you see some kind of very specific glyph like in your mind's eye and that's happened to me a few times more recently and I just thought it was kind of interesting. We've had people on before. In fact, uh, I had a listener, I had drawn a series of sigils and a listener had seen them. Oh, boy, I think it might have even been in, in conjunction with a flannel man now that I think about it. And that's weird. He said he was shown these bunch of symbols and, and he just sort of described him and then I said where I think he had done sketches of them. I said, boy, they look awful similar to these sigils I had drawn. And I sent him pictures of the sigils. He's like, I think those are it. So Strange, yeah. Really, I mean, weird. I think, uh, like, all the stuff in my head now about all the paranormal and everything, it's such a mixed salad at this point. But overall, I kind of agree with some of the things, like, the Greeks thought about. And I think you've discussed it before, but how they're, you know, we're all this bottom layer of this larger reality mm-hmm. and perhaps all these other things uh, are there you know we're just humans using our five senses so maybe these things exist on some higher sense you know and you could peek into it you know or, or in different ways you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator sick of being upsold at gyms my guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. 
VLN's Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Mostly out of everything, of all, I've been a big UFO like enthusiast mm-hmm. for a long time. And I guess you're probably aware, like the stuff coming out now, it's pretty interesting. It is very interesting. We'll see how it goes. My gut feeling is this is the government, the newfound government interest is because they want to crowdsource sightings. Because it's kind of fun, like a contract or something. Kind of either it's it's foreign tech that they're trying to f- figure out where it's popping up, or it's their tech. And they're trying to see mm-hmm. like the conditions under which people observe it, right. and wh- where they're seeing it. But I could be totally wrong. I mean, it it would surprise me that the government would admit that they don't know something. I think they're unless they've right. really done a change. I think in the past, well, that's would... the that's the weird thing to me though, because one of the reasons we're kind of going off tangent here. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you if you want to cut out the UFO thing, you can, or we can keep it. But to me, one of the be- one of the best reasons uh, for the whole UFO cover up was because of a, a, a there's like a tactic, right? Like if you're if people are scared of UFOs, your enemy will will use UFOs to incite fear, you know, against your country. Mm-hmm. So the whole reason for them like keeping it hush and not not letting it out and even and even going as far as trying to discredit people and making it a, a laughing joke, you know was so that people would laugh at it if Russians or, or China or some other country started to use it as this kind of, you know, way to incite fear, you know, or chaos or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So to me, it's weird that if it was something they knew that it was a Russian thing or something, they would never admit. Why would Because why would they admit, we don't know what this is? I mean, that just gives the, our enemies ammunition to use it against us. Right. That's kind of what I'm well, saying. So even, my thinking is they know they 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 talk with the Russians and everyone, and they know that that no one knows what it is. Unless I, I'm more apt to think it's a private company, almost possible. that the government and military might not even be aware of, because you know companies have so much freedom. I mean, that goes outside of countries' boundaries. That's a company, you know. So you have you can have private stuff all day long, you know, and no one can mess with you. Yeah. Um, on to a degree. I mean, they, I guess there's rules, but if you can't get caught because you're in a UFO, like, yeah, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going on tangent, but no, no, it seems to me like the yeah. if the government, I don't know. To me, it's always like the government wants to appear as if they know stuff that they don't, mm-hmm. like right. they have all the answers even when they don't. So when they start saying I don't know, I start with wondering like. Is there a reason why they're doing that? Is there some right. sort of like reason why? Because I think in the past it was always they would deny the existence of UFOs, but sort of like suggest that they know what it is anyway, and they have you know they they know they have the bodies in the warehouses and the, right. The, so that we're all content with being like, well, whatever it is, we don't have to worry about it, right? Because yeah. it's some other issue, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always there's always been kind of two schools I think in the UFO community where one is like the government is you know, in cahoots with the aliens or the government doesn't know what these are. They can't, I'm kind of in the middle, though. I kind of have come to believe, like, um, it could be, it could maybe be back-engineered something, but I don't think it could be organically created because if we've been seeing these things since we were flying propeller planes. So yeah, was were the Russians building these, you know, back 
in the 50s and 60s when we were seeing like Foo Fighters in World War II. So that kind of puts a damper on the whole. Uh, somebody's building them. Like one of our rivals is building them. Right, right. Know? Yeah, well, it's. So it's, I, I don't know. I kind of believe Bob Lazar, honestly, more and more. Or at least he was, he was made, maybe not everything that he was led to believe, but I think his experience, I, I kind of am starting to believe more and more because the technology he describes, the, the way that I see the technology uh, and the way that it works matches a lot of aspects of the, of the two or three videos that are in the mainstream right now. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. We're living in interesting times. That I, my gut tells me, Nothing's going to come of this. There will be no disclosure. Yeah, yeah. Be- because I, I tend to agree with your sentiment on that. I, I don't. I think it'll might be at most like I don't know. I don't know honestly because it's got it's going to be something not not very dramatic. I think you're right, but I, whatever it is, I don't know. To paraphrase Patrick Harper, the, the fairies are always going, 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 but never gone, and the aliens are always coming, 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 but never here. And that's always like the case that. throughout my entire life. It's always been, you know, disclosure's coming. We'll find out soon. They'll have to admit it. And then nothing happens. True. You know? Yeah. No, I mean, I expect that too. But you never know because yeah. Yeah. if there's something they can't keep your lid on, it's going to come out and they know it's going to come out. I mean, they're going to have to get everyone on board somehow slowly. But, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, well, it, well, it's, like I said, it's definitely interesting times. It's, the government is at least doing things they haven't done in the past or at least saying, Hey, there's these things that we don't know what's out right. there now. Now, do they have a hidden agenda behind saying that? I don't know. Yeah. As soon as they say that now I'm suspicious, you know, now I have a new conspiracy to worry about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I used to think it was aliens. Now I'm like, no, it's, it's the government, you know, making it. I don't know. Which might be scary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That would be scarier. I mean, because they're already saying using these buzzwords like threat. Mm-hmm. So, is it really a threat if we've been seeing it throughout humanity and they haven't done anything yet? Is it, is it really a threat if we can't do anything against it anyway? You know, like, but they use that word threat in some of the main, like some of the 60 minutes stuff, you know, like the really mainstream stuff. Like they, they pick out very specific messages kind of, you know, right. Yeah. Like start getting scared so we can fund the space, uh, you know, program, the oh, space yeah. army. Yeah, that might you know, be start an, all that stuff, you know. Yeah, might be another, I mean, another factor. Yeah, but you know, I kind of before even all this happened was in the school of like, we may have one, we may have a re- maybe a relic, like, you know, maybe something found because the whole thing that um, there's no good argument against aliens visiting us in my mind right now because. Uh, the whole argument is usually always been, well, we can't find a planet close enough that makes sense for them to be able to get here. But what makes you think they need a planet or they haven't traveled here over millions of years in the first place? You know what I mean? Maybe somebody found a relic that was already on the planet and they back engineered it. That's what I'm drawing a blank. Blink-182 boy. Yeah, I know who you mean. You know, yeah. You know, his thing is the triangles are, are back engineered ones we made. And the, the discs are actually the aliens. It's kind of what I got from his book. It's called Secret Machines. Hmm. I don't know if we're allowed to, like, say or promote anything, but... We'll talk about whatever you want. My coffee kicked in, and I'm, and I'm <laughs> going off about UFOs now. Because UFOs, there's, like, a lot of, a lot of stuff I think about. Um, just because my dad worked at Lockheed, and, uh, you know... He believes in that kind of stuff, and we've always kind of talked about him. Yeah, 
aside from UFOs, the but, last thing I was going to talk about, yeah, or unless man. you want to extrapolate on something else, we can go into something else. Let's talk about the shadow figure sighting. Yeah, so this is like the really the the meat of my whole thing because this is the only thing that's really the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me, and I was an adult, and there's no, no way around it. Um, which is uh, okay. I, I guess I'll start. Like I was living in Atlanta. I think it was probably like 2004. I had to guess. I'm horrible at time of dates. The house I lived in at this time, it was in Atlanta, and it was kind of like a temporary arrangement. I had been waiting for my sister to move in with a place with her. We were both going to school in Atlanta. So I was waiting for her to move out so we could move in together. But that was like, you know, months away. So I had got a temporary living arrangement uh, with a friend I knew. He rented me a room in his rental house. So this place was right across from like the Atlanta Zoo, roughly. Mm-hmm. I don't think it really matters if I say that, but you know, if anyone knows that area to be something weird, they can, you know, it could be useful. But I'd been at an after party, uh, like after work, and I was there probably until three or four in the morning at this after work party, um, not far from the place I was staying in the house. And so I had probably left to go home around three or four, and it was kind of like the type of weather was like very strong winds and heat lining going on and and it was warm it's like a warm uh, you know summer night but a huge storm was coming in i say that because i just feel like that it had that kind of energy in the air like that electric staticky yeah the wind blowing and everything which i know that you know a lot of strange you know high strange events happen during that kind of electricity mm-hmm. thing, you know electrical stuff going on so basically, the place I lived at, I had to, there was like a narrow lane behind the place, the house, uh, like that connected the backyards of all these houses. It was just like square block neighborhoods, uh, these old houses. So in the back, like, um, there were floodlights everywhere, you know, and motion lights and, and whatnot. And so I pulled in. And so the whole environment, just to admit it was like creating a lot of crazy shadows everywhere because of the all the leaves and wind and these really tall trees mm-hmm. but it wasn't dark or anything like it was just a bunch of shadows moving so I, I get home and i park in the a park in the backyard turn the truck off and i hop out so i start to walk over to the back door to go inside quietly and then like maybe five yards from my truck i like stopped Stopped, you know, dead in my tracks, and I, my gaze was like drawn to the right of the yard onto a wooden fence, like a wooden fence that divided our, our yard from the neighbor's yard. And on it was like a full size humanoid shadow figure, you know, like 2D, though, not, not a 3D, but it, it was just disembodied completely. I mean, there's no, not even close. It was like, you know, a total figure there and what it was doing was it was moving like and maybe the weirdest thing about it and the freakiest thing about it was that it was like moving very very fast and fluid and almost in like a cartoonish way you know like it looked like a black cartoon that could move not way crazy fast but it was faster than a human or more fluid or something about it was just off you know what i mean Mm -hmm. The thing was, though, what it was doing when I first saw it, 
it was just flailing its arms up in the air, like like frantically, as if trying to flag me down, like, you know, before I, I went inside. It was trying to get my attention. And so I, I just kind of, I went, because I had been, like, at a party or whatever, I, I wasn't anywhere near in, in the mood to be scared or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I guess, if anything, I was just kind of in amazement, like, oh, wow, this is, this is cool as hell, you know? Like, because it was just so the coolest, weirdest thing I'd ever seen, you know? And I don't know if I should say this, but, you know, because of a past experience on psychedelics in college, like, you know, I kind of could just put it off to, oh, I'm having some kind of residual flashback or something, right? Or somebody, mm-hmm. maybe put, somebody put something in the, in the sangria I was drinking at the party. So I wasn't scared. I was just kind of staring at it, um, waving its arms, right? Uh, sorry, Mom, about the drug thing. <laughs> so basically, like, I'm staring at it. And I'm just standing there, like, watching it. And what I do is, like, I, I kind of get the same idea in my head, I guess, from my earlier stories where I, I look away because I think if I look away and I look back, it'll be gone or something will shift or something, you know? Yeah. And I do that. And, but the weird thing is, like, the longer I stare at it, it slows its movement down. But when I look away and look back, it's, it's again, going as fast as it can, frantically, like, flailing its arms. So the shadow figure on the wooden wall, it's doing this, it's doing this waving motion. Uh, it slows down the longer I stare at it. But it also starts doing something else. And the, the, the example I will use is um, something that I thought of immediately when I saw it, but also now um, for anyone that's seen the um, Robin Williams version of Peter Pan's movie, Hook. I've not seen it. I know it exists, mm-hmm. but I've not seen it. Right. So, I mean, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it since before this time, but I know for anyone that knows the scene, there's a scene where Peter first meets his, his own shadow in that movie and the shadow it's very specifically pointing in the same exact way this one was. So it, it, this shadow thing reminded me exactly of the way it, it was pointing in the movie where it kind of was holding both its fingers and hands up trying to, in the movie it was, it was, trying to get Robin Williams' attention. And it was pointing a very specific way to get him to look at something or go in a certain direction. And it was doing it in such an obvious way. It was kind of cartoony where it would kind of make a roll motion. Like it would be pointing to my left and I guess it's right towards the front of my house, uh, front of the house. But it would like, you know, point in that direction, shake its hands, shake its hands with pointing. And then it would roll the hand, like roll its finger around its hand, like real obviously, like like roll its finger and then stop back at the direction, and then roll its fingers around its hand and then point back and shake its hand in that direction. And it was doing that. It would go back and forth doing that, and then it would slow down. Go on, watched it, and then it would it would go back and forth from that and flailing its arms. Uh, I mean, all of this is happening probably, you know, within the span of five or ten minutes. It was like, uh, you know, I, I'd sat there just, like, think, analyzing it. Not as scared, but just engaging with it and, and trying to understand, like, what it could be. So you sat and watched it for five or ten minutes? Yeah. Wow. I mean, it was definitely, that's why I that's say, That's a good long you know, time. Well, well that's, it's not even the end of the story, though. Like, I mean, I swear there's nothing, you know, I've told friends this, they're like, oh, well. If not, you know, it was probably a hallucination and you were probably seeing something that was something else. But, it, I mean, it wasn't even close to that. It was like, 
there were shadows around it, but they were like dimmer, faded out, and double like, you know, leaves and branches. This thing was like cutting up through it, blacker than all that, like perfectly mm-hmm. a, a moving figure. And it wasn't my shadow because I verified that. I mean, right. So when it was now, you say it was on this wooden fence. Was it sitting or standing on it? It, it was standing up. Okay. I never saw it sit down. It was it was always standing up. So so maybe it was five or ten minutes. You know, probably closer to five. But you know, it felt longer because it was just so weird. But it, I I decided like okay. I'm going to go to the front porch. I'm going to go through the house, tiptoe, because my roommate's asleep, and go to the front porch, smoke a cigarette, see if it changes, you know? You know, I didn't think it was... At the time, I just blew it off as a cool hallucination or some kind of drug, uh, like, flashback from a long time ago, you know, or Mm -hmm. something. But then, at the same time, I'm like, it's something so specific, and nothing else in the environment is weird. It's just this thing in the same place, doing the same thing, you know? That just seems weird to me. So anyway, I do that. I go through the house and I go out the front yard and I'm like savoring this because I'm like facing the street and then I'm, I light my cigarette and I turn around and I'm like, shut up. And so it's there again on the front of the house, on the left, same figure doing the same thing, flailing its arms like frantically again. And I'm just, again, like, I stare out, stand, stand out there, smoke a cigarette, like analyzing myself and it, and just kind of playing with it, you know, in my head, like thinking about it. Now, like I had had some drinks, you know, so that was giving me courage, but I, I wouldn't think that that would cause something like that to happen. No. So anyway, this is kind of doing the same predictable thing, but at now, it does something different now, and and this is where it starts to kind of turn. And, and freak, freak me out a little more. It wasn't doing the pointing. It was waving songs. But, but now when I would stare at it, it, it would do slow down and get slower and slower. And then it started getting really slow, and it would just put its arms down by its side, and it would just tilt its head, like, down, down, like, almost to where it was, like, hitting its shoulder. And it would just freeze like that. And this is what it was kind of freaky, because it was like... It was now me staring at this thing, standing up uh, with his head just cocked. Like either his neck was broken or it was just kind of sizing me up or taunting me or something. Like mm-hmm. it was just kind of, I can't show you now, but, you know, if you look at somebody and cock your head, and like you cock it forward, but to the side a little bit, right. like doing that, standing perfectly still. So again, you know, I turn around and be like, whatever, you know, screw you. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be scared of this, you know. I, I kind of in this time in my life, I'm kind of flirting with things, you know, but not really, but trying not to really commit, you know, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like I, I kind of playing games with it or with myself or, you know, I don't know. I'm just kind of like trying to figure it out. So, yeah, I turn back around. It's doing it again. It's flailing around and it goes back slow. It goes back to that state of its head cocked again with its arms down. So at this point, I'm not really like scared. I'm just kind of like, I've been thinking about this too long and I've been thinking too much about it. And I'm, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go to bed, you know, like it must be drugs. Somebody spiked the sangria or something, you know? Right. So I do that. 
but I think like before this, I was kind of when I was standing there analyzing it, I was kind of trying to like leave it on a positive note or like rebrand it somehow. So I was just kind of letting my eyes gloss over, looking at the light behind the shadow, kind of imagining, I don't know, like I'm transmuting this into something positive because you can only be made by light, you know, on some subtle weird level. This kind of stuff is going through my head, right? To kind of, I don't know, like empower me or something. But so anyway, I go to bed and I never saw anything like that ever again. But the last part of the story, I say for the last part, because I hadn't even thought of this while this was going on, but I had had, and I was going to ask you about this too, I had had in my room like a grimoire, like a witch's grimoire I had been like messing with, like, uh, mm-hmm. like around this time, like we, you know, a week before, not long before this happened. And it was called, I think I got it at Borders or something, but it was, I think it was Lady Sheba. Are you familiar with Lady Sheba? I have no, no idea. Uh, if I am, it's, you know, in my hazy occult path. Right. Yeah. I mean, this, that's, I remember that. I remember that name, but I don't, I never really looked into anything about this person. You know, it could be a modern day person. It could be some old legend. I don't know. And I, during this time of my life, you know, I, I was kind of, I wasn't ever into doing that kind of stuff. I think I was just in a very like imaginative or creative way. Right. Like um, trying to create like, you know, new personalities or new me or, or just get into something new. But so I had done like a spell and I had done like try to do a ritual, right? In, in that room, in the room of the house. And I don't know what spell it was or if it was a specific spell, but I just remember that it was, you say these words, you look in the four cardinal directions, right? And you, uh, you know, maybe there's a candle lit or something else. So I did it, but for whatever reason, at the very end, I did not acknowledge like one of the cardinal directions, right? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't finish it. I didn't finish the spell. You know, maybe I, I thought about it. I don't know why. Maybe it was just like a last minute kind of, I don't want to do this, you know, because I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's the Bible belt in me because I'm from Georgia. Or it's like the kind of like, I was thinking too, I kind of flirt with stuff like that and I won't commit, but then I'll see more of it, you know. Like if I acknowledge it so it knows I know, but then I don't really go fully into it, it will come at me harder or something mm-hmm. next time. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, so, so, so anyway, what I'm, what I'm getting at is, yeah, like was the thing pointing at that direction? You know? That's what I was like, going to ask you. That's what I was going to ask Right. So that has always been kind of the way I left it, you know, like thinking that I did it, I brought something here or, or maybe I almost did, but it to fully be operational, like it was trying to get me to finish the spell by pointing, you know, at, oh, and I can't tell you for sure if it was the exact direction. Like, I can't remember that. Right. I couldn't then, but, that's, but I feel like it was, you know, that's and, very interesting though. That's an interesting twist for sure. Yeah. And, and so, you know, and thinking about it more, I feel like most of the shadow people stories I hear recently, they're three dimensional, they're three dimensional, right? And this one was only two-dimensional. So it doesn't make sense that one of the dimensions was a direction that I didn't... Um, yeah, right? Yeah, maybe. You know? Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I, I never let it really bother me that much, but I've always kind of left it at as, like, I got away safely or I didn't do something totally all the way. But, you know, who knows? Maybe I did. Maybe it's still around trying to get my attention. I don't know. Ah, that's that's um, really interesting. 
Yeah. So it, I will say like the weirdest thing was like the next morning when I woke up, like just the leaves blowing outside from a big tree, the way they were moving, it was just kind of messing with me a little bit. Just like the, that weird, this weird movement. I was just kind of reminded of the night before, like this is weird. You know, like that's just real. Right. Someone's like, you know, winking at me or something or, or telling me something. But I mean, that's the weirdest story I have. And I've always, like day to day, I can just get through my day thinking it was a hallucination. And I have heard some weird hallucinations where somehow, since then I've read, like, there's one thing where your brain can see an hallucination like a, sh- like a figure, but your brain also knows that the figure doesn't have a backbone. So its neck won't hold up and its head will slouch over like, hmm. which I thought was very, you know, it doesn't say anything about pointing and waving its arms and stuff like that right. either. So, and to me, it's like something so specific. I feel like if anything, maybe I peeked into something, you know, or tapped yeah. into something that, uh, you know, was there. But that was probably the weirdest thing that's happened to me if that you- I've seen up close. And I mean, it, it really is a crazy, a crazy experience, like comparatively to to like a lot of stuff. But um, it just, it wasn't really scary. It was just, yeah, ama- amazement, and then kind of me trying to figure out what it was. You know? Now, if, if you or or someone, maybe someone with good balance, I don't know, wanted to stand on top of that fence, you know, a real person, would that have been possible? <laughs> Uh, it was one of those like slat fences where you just, uh, you know, with like the little half circles going, you know, or maybe, I don't think so. I mean, you Mm -hmm. could, but I think I was so, I mean, if somebody was messing with me, it could, it's possible, but I just think I would have noticed that easily. I was the weirdest thing there because I was the guy just standing in the yard, staring at the wall. You know, (laughs) if a neighbor had seen me, like I probably would have got the cops caught on me or something. So I just went inside, you know. One final question. Would you say that it was waving its hands in a manner to suggest that it did not care? That's, a, that's a dad know. joke, dude. I'm sorry. It was waving its hands in the air like it just didn't care. Oh, yeah. Sorry about oh, that. I get it. Bad joke. No, it was a good joke. I'm just, <laughs> I'm like out of it. Like I was literally thinking about it. Like, what does that mean? Like, this is some, some kind of like occult thing, you know, no, no, I don't no. know about. Made a dumb dad joke. No, yeah. Okay, um, for real, last question. Have you in your life ever had sleep paralysis? I have not, but I've, I've had a real lucid dream experience recently that was a learned thing that I did. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of into that sometimes. I have in my art studio, I have on, on a big easel in big letters on a big pad of paper, it says, Are, am I dreaming? So every day for like years, like I saw, I glanced at that, am I dreaming, am I dreaming? So then one time in a dream I saw that and, and then I was like Psh! and everything kind of like went white and I was like I am dreaming oh wow uh, but that one wasn't even the real lucid experience that was more kind of a narrative still I think because then it was like these three women in front of me interviewing me like welcome to lucid dreaming <laughs> and then I was signing papers and stuff like that but then that was one of the two kind of lucid dreams, but the last lucid dream I had was literally way weirder where I was literally in real time thinking like right now, like I'm thinking just by myself, like thinking like I can do anything I want, uh, like thinking like minute to minute and nothing's happening. And then I think I, I flew around or something, but it wasn't, it was weird because I was, it was like I was awake mm-hmm. and I could, 
and I and I had enough like rational brain power to to be to be like asking the real questions I wanted to to be like I can do anything I want right now like what can I figure out you know so I don't know I get a bunch of um, if I ever come up with a bunch of other stuff that I, I have I could do like a short thing or send you some stuff yeah we can if circle I can think back of that. I didn't put a lot of stuff in because uh, for time yeah. thanks for everything and having me on the show Dale thank you for sharing right. stories So in last week's show, I talked with Jim from Ireland, and he shared some really interesting stories and experiences he had. For our first patron show this month, we brought Jim back. Jim answered some questions that I had that I kind of forgot to ask during the first episode. He told some more stories and then answered some questions that some patrons had submitted as well. We also had John back on that patron episode from a few episodes ago. He had a shadow person experience that was a synchronicity and kind of tied in with the day his interview was released on Strange Familiars. That's just the first patron episode for the month. We do two every month for our patrons now. You can hear that episode and over 70 more by becoming our patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you like what we do and you want to help us make Strange Familiars and get extra content besides, becoming a patron is the best way to help. Again, it's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you don't like the idea of a subscription service like Patreon, you can make a one-time PayPal donation. You go to the show notes under any episode at strangefamiliars.com, look for a paypal.me link, click that, and you can make a one-time donation. Speaking of which, I'd like to thank Michael P. for his PayPal donation. Thank you very much. And I would like to thank all of our patrons. Without you guys, we could not do Strange Familiars. All right, let's do the Curiosity of the Week. So I put together a set this week. It's a book and a booklet that go together. Well, theme-wise, they go together. First, we have Hex by Arthur H. Lewis. This is the true story of the Nelson Raymire murder we sometimes talk about here. It happened in Hex Hollow in York County here. It tells the true story of Nelson Raymire and his murders and how it tied in with the powwow practice in Pennsylvania. This is the trade paperback edition published by the York News Agency. I believe the book was published by Simon & Schuster as well. I could be wrong about that. But this is kind of the local trade paperback edition of this book. It's out of print. It's not easy to find. And we're combining it with this other booklet, Popular Home Remedies and Superstitions of the Pennsylvania Germans. I'm not sure how old this booklet is. They were published a while ago. I think they're reprinted now, but this is an older edition. This gets into some powwow practices, some home remedies and superstitions, laws for the farmer and woodsman, must in cooking, baking, and planting, moon lore, familiar to all people, dreams and what they mean to us, witches and our own superstitions, death and how to circumvent it, marriage lore and natural trends, omens about deaths and funerals, and more. So this has lots of remedies and superstitions and so forth from the Pennsylvania Germans. I will read a couple out of this. Let's see. To tickle a child before it is a year old may cause it to stammer. A smile on the face of a sleeping child may be a sign of colic. 
It may also be a sign that the angels may be playing with it. Also, it may wake up soon, quite fretful and crabbed. To remove a foreign substance from the eye, or ease itching or smarting, rub the other eye. It never irritates the affected part and gives it some sympathetic attention. Eel skin, wind it around a sprain for a cure. Here's a good cure for corns. Rub a candle on a corpse and then on the corn. If a tree will not bear fruit, drive nails into it. Trees for building purposes should be felled in December. When transplanting a tree, be careful to have the same side facing south. Wood from a tree struck by lightning should never be used in the construction of a house or barn, for they in turn may be struck by lightning. If you think you are bewitched, beware the first person coming to borrow from you. It is the witch. If you are bewitched, lay a broom before the door. The rules decree that the first person to come in and to pick up the broom is the witch. For a gun that is bewitched, stick two pins on it in the form of a cross. Cut both sleeves out of a husband's shirt and burn them to discover who the witch is. So this is a cool little booklet filled with, like I said, charms and superstitions and home remedies and such. We're going to put it together with Hex, the Arthur Lewis book about the Raymar murder. And this Hex book, by the way, is well out of print. I've seen copies on eBay right now going for over 80 bucks. If you're interested in this, go ahead, look under the show notes of this episode. You'll see an image of these two books. You can click on it. That'll take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase this. There are no other curiosities of the week because they've all been selling out right away. We have some more powwow sets we can put together coming up in the future. So if you're interested and you didn't get this set, we will have similar sets in the future as well. While you're at the Etsy shop checking out the curiosity of the week, you can look at our other items. Copies of my books are there. I have some artwork up there. Strange Familiars t-shirts, although they are dwindling in stock. I think we have every size right now and much more go ahead and check it out our etsy shop name is lost grave but if you type in strange familiars our stuff should come up as will our friends at karmic garden because they have the strange familiars bespoke scented soap as well as the flannel man scent and much much more and while you're there make sure to check out chad's shop as well rock rabbit outdoors okay that'll be it for this week we will be back soon with more strange familiars Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. If you want to hear more or purchase music from Stonebreath, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can also join the Strange Familiars Gathering group. We're on Instagram. You can find us there. One word, Strange Familiars. And we're on the web at strangefamiliars.com. Yeah.
Money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.